Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Barry. Barry Manor. Barry Manor. Barry Correct. Please check your number and dial again or call your operator for assistance. Barry Manor. Hi, Rob. It's uh, Christopher Sulos and Phil Muscatello. Uh, we're just wondering if um, uh, we're waiting for you so we can order from the chef. We're looking for a bit of Manilow in our lives. We're looking for a bit of Manilow in our lives. We're here waiting. We're Fanilows. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Well, I, I um, gave a rating as Christopher Sulos on iTunes. Oh, was that you rating us? Well, I, I figured someone better. Oh, so you were new regime maker, were you? This me. That's me. <laughs> because what I was going to say is... <laughs> That's me. Thank you to, to new regime maker. <laughs> new regime maker. Who said, <laughs> I have big ears. <laughs> this podcast fills them elegantly. <laughs> In which case, we wish to apologize for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is this shirt slimming? Presented by Christopher Sulos, Robert Barnhill, Philip Muscatello. The highs, the lows, the triumphs, the invigilators, the laughter, the tears. Is this shirt slimming? I guess it must be a podcast. Whoops. Where's Rob? Well, you know, I don't, I can't see the stuff. Hang on, I think Rob's, did you hear those funny noises? Yeah, I did. Is Rob trying to get in? Uh, Is Rob trying to get in? There it is. There he is. (laughs) We'd lost all hope. Recording. One, two, three. Excellent. Great. We're good. We're good to go. Hello, boys. Is this shirt slimming? Is live. No, hang on. In, in, the, in the tradition of slave. We're alive. First of all, I just need to ask, did you get a news uh, story together, Rob? Um, you mean apart from the obvious, Phil? <laughs> uh, what's the obvious? The obvious, Phil. Good question, Phil. Thanks for that question. Um, <laughs> um, find something. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> While this program's does. going, <laughs> I think we've started, did, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome this. I this did edition, suggest this edition of Is This Shirt Slimming? Uh, sorry, Phil. After you. That's no, okay. We've done it now. We've introduced the program. We're here now. Uh, which, which, which leads to the obvious, doesn't it? When are we getting Daryl Summers? Oh, is he still alive? Yep, yep, and he's still extra nice. Isn't he Greek? He's a hell of a nice guy, and what a great drummer. We have some listeners in um, England and the United States, and it's about time they heard about Daryl Summers. <laughs> Can I interrupt? Can you interrupt? Whoever asks, that's, does that make sense? No, it's just, it's just a warning, because I am going to interrupt. I bought three massive topics tonight, starting with the biggest. Barry Manilow. The bigots? 
the biggest, the biggest topic tonight, Barry Manilow. Not a yeah. lot a bigger, come bigger than Barry Manilow. And Frank Sinatra once said something similar. And, um, and next I bought Jimmy Somerville. Next I bought Let's Nominate the Height of Every Artist. We talk about. Oh, okay. We're going to guess and then look it up. Well, that's right. But we should. Okay. We should spreadsheet it. I think everything should be spreadsheeted well, and put up on our website, which is slimmingly dot slimmingly dot com. Lingly. No. No. Slimmingly dot strikingly dot com. In breaking news this week, before we get into the Manilow segment. Why? Who? Who's died? Gangnam Style is no longer the most streamed video on YouTube. Get that's yes, out that's yesterday's news. I know it's yesterday's no, news. No, no, I know no, it's no. last week's news. But, but every, I, everything is. I know. I know. It's all last week's news. But this is why I asked you, you chaps, to have a look at those videos because both of those I videos. Know, I know, because one of them's. I, I actually, yeah, I did watch them. They're horrible. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, just to let you know that um, Gangnam Style. They were, they were horrible, Chris. I agree with you. Gangnam Style was streamed a total of 2,894,426,475 times. I was 500 of those. What? what? Well, I've got bigger news than that. Hang on. No, can we just finish this? Can we just finish this story? Because there's a lot of interesting information here. It's been uh, overtaken by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie... I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Charlie Puth. Hold on, you said you Charlie said, Puff. You said interesting information. Charlie Puff. See you again. Puth. <laughs> Puff. I think Puth. Puth. <laughs> Puth. Puth. Which has uh, been streamed two billion eight hundred ninety-five million three hundred seventy-three thousand seven hundred nine times, thus beating Gangnam Style. But it, uh, but how come? Well, because there's been a population. Adding it up, but those uh, just I just want to put this in perspective. But Gangnam Style was a phenomenon. Yeah. And those two aren't phenomenons. They're just good-looking boys for the reasonable tune. And so, um, yeah, I guess Gangnam Style was a phenomenon. You know, it was such a phenomenon. I was talking... What was that, Phil? It was such a phenomenon (laughs) when Brett and I were talking... Is it a non-phenomenon? In my other life as a DJ, we both said, what's this Gangnam Style song? Because people in the audience were doing the little dance like this at us, and we're going, what? (laughs) We had no idea about the song. I can't see... Bank C Moon doing either of these new tunes. <laughs> ben Key Moon. Yeah, he did. He did Gangman style. I saw it. Yeah, but he's not going to do. And the other song we're talking about is um, Desposito, and not the Justin Timberlake version of Desposito. I might add. Oh, is this the one by the Eagles? It's the uh, the original Puerto Rican version, which is which is the one. But um, interestingly, can I just just put a couple of uh, facts here before you? If yeah, I love facts. You keep putting the word interestingly. In. If you were to, if you were to view any of those videos consecutively, you would have had to start watching at the peak of the last ice age to get through them all in that time. Hang on, I'm st- hang on. Interesting fact. <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, I think I you're think a little <laughs> loose with the word interesting, Phil. <laughs> with- <laughs> We're having an ice age up here. This tonight. is an even more interesting fact: is that out of that um, two billion something plays of uh, the Charlie Puth and uh, Wiz Khalifa song, do you know how much they would have made? Just take a guess. I mean, what, what, what sort of figure on, do you on, think? No, 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 Spotify, on, um, on Spotify, on YouTube. 
couple of hundred. Oh no, it's a bit higher than that. About three million dollars. Three million dollars US. Is that how it works? What are we doing this for? Let's make a video. That's how it works. But Spotify actually pays a bit more. YouTube pays 0.001 cent per stream. But uh, Spotify, I think it's 0.05. In fact, I was talking with this. I was on the bus yesterday and ran into Sebastian Chase from MGM Records. And was talking to him, and it was distributed yeah, because they're distributors. Sound like a true story? No, it is a true story. It is a true story. And I said, "Well, how much do you make out of Spotify?" And he said, "A million streams makes five thousand dollars." The game these days to make money in the music industry is to get onto a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. gentle guitar afternoon. I've got uh, I've got in- inappropriate wedding songs. Uh, and we've we've also got mm-hmm. the Spotify um, Is This Shirt Slimming playlists, which we put up on the website each episode as well, that we can um, that people can delve into our minds, musically speaking. But speaking of downloads, can I just say that we have actually cracked the 100 downloads, Mark? Good on you, Phil. Good on you, Rob. Well done. That was actually quite surprised. It's beyond looking- beyond our wildest dreams. I'm looking forward to hearing it. <laughs> I was expecting to hit the like the the high teens or something, but well, I was hoping uh, the introduction of our new presenter, our new presenter, would increase the figures, but um, they haven't they haven't gone through the roof just yet. <laughs> give me time, give me time. Can I order that new uh, Jaguar F Pace now? <laughs> you, have you forgotten where you left the rolls? I think you can order that new Hyundai. I think it's about time you got that Hyundai. <laughs> I mean, we're talking 100 downloads well, here, we... 100 downloads, but that's, um, that's pretty good. I'm pretty happy. But I think now that uh, the Slimmingly team are about to move out of their comfort zone because we're going to be talking about Manilow. Uncomfortable things? Oh. Did you, have you heard the term Fanilows? Fans of Barry Manilow? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. What else I've become be? a Fanilow. I've got to say, I like the guy a lot better after doing a lot of research into him because... Um, Can I just give you a little bit of um, of triv about Barry before you go on, Phil? Yep, of course. He didn't write, I write the songs. That's all I want to say. Who wrote that song, Chris? Bruce Johnston. And which famous band, and which famous band did he um, work with? Oh. Robert? I can't remember. The Beach Boys, Phil. The Beach Boys, Chris. He's been in the Beach Boys since 1966. Was he the piano player for the Rolling Stones? No, that was Nicky Hopkins or Billy Preston. Not to diss the Rolling Stones, but we're talking about Manilow, Manilow tonight. Have we finished with Barry yet? Oh. 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 <laughs> okay. M- Please, Phil. What? M-A-N. M-A-N-I-L-O-W. Just an interesting segue here. He's come out as a Slade fan too. Moving from the Rolling Stones to Rolling Stone magazine, Rolling Stone magazine has called him uh, the greatest showman of our generation. Haven't they seen <laughs> Hugh Jackman? Thorpey. <laughs> <laughs> Have, haven't they seen Glenn Shurick? <laughs> Now, uh, Christopher, you you know someone who's actually worked with Manilow, don't you? I do. Um, bass player called Leon Gayer, who moved to Barry Australia many years ago. He was Barry's bass player, and uh, I've had the pleasure of. Well, I, I went to Barry. Uh, went to Barry. Went to Leon's place for some lessons, and uh, years ago, because uh, he arrived in Australia, and uh, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> just just lying on his back and his nose was there like a giant shark fin. <laughs> I think it's time to lose the all-weather gear. Oh, it's hot. 
Barry in a spa. Like a giant chocolate you know machine. Uh, He's won a lot of Emmys. <laughs> He's lot of, won a lot of Emmy Awards, but never for a show I can't go on. Barry in a spa. <laughs> You're gone, Phil. <laughs> you were saying, Phil? Did your parents scar you for life in the worst possible way? Are you missing out on all the pleasure possible? Then call the Dapto Foreskin Restoration Clinic and ask about our revolutionary foreskin restoration techniques. It's time to act. Become intact. Our system of weights and the patented tugging techniques will leave you the way God intended, restoring valuable erogenous tissue. The Dapto Foreskin Restoration Clinic, putting the dangle in your wangle. Chris was saying, he was talking about the... Well, Phil wasn't saying anything. About the bass player to Phil, Barry. Phil wasn't saying anything. Yeah, so Leon, Leon was, this, was this struggling bass player who, uh, who developed this thing about uh, bass and synthesizers back in the days when synthesizers were big, heavy objects, right? And so he decided on a rainy night whether he should go and take his gear to do the baked potato or not. And he decided, stuff it, I'll take it all, see what happens. Let's have a, let's, I may as well plug it in and keep the stuff working. So he plugged it in, and in, in, in the audience was these, um, uh, Ross, of, Ross Vanelli was in the audience, and Ross asked Leon to come and do a session. Leon was unknown at the time. Leon did the session for, for his brother uh, Gino's album, Gino Vanelli. And uh, Gino Vanelli is the. Um, oh, he was great. Yeah, he, well, that's the umbrella name for the whole Vanelli family. And Leon was the bass player on the Brother to Brother album. And I think it was from there. It was a great record. It's it's a phenomenal record, and oh, Virginia Vanelli is touring again, and it sounds even better than it did when it was. It still sounded good in its day. So, with Gino Vanelli so anyway, touring, for, he, uh, would Millie Vanelli consider touring it's a, support? It's, it's only Vanelli. There's no Millie. Millie's dead. Didn't one of them top themselves? I think they might have. Yeah, one of them did. Um, yeah. And that was all sung by one guy, wasn't it? The whole thing. I'm, I'm a bit lost. I'm a bit lost here, Chris. Yeah, what I was trying. About, so, so yeah, you were so talking from, about baked potato, baked potatoes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. What is the baked potato, and what was he doing with a synth and a bass? Okay, so Leon was. Yeah, that's the whole point. So the baked potato is a little venue in LA. It's a tiny. It's a tiny thing. It's like a shop front, right? And it, it, it plays for six months of the year. The most famous musicians in LA, the top session players, play there for the door. So they might have, they might take twenty five or fifty bucks home, right? And so Leon was booked to play or not. So one thing led to another, and from that from that amazing album that Rob knows and I know so well, uh, Leon went on to become a bass superstar and ended up playing with uh, Barry Manilow. And uh, yeah, he's living in Australia, and he's t- um, and he was teaching lessons. He was giving lessons from his place, his home studio. And I went along, and he asked me to stay back after everyone left, and we cracked open a bottle of uh, vodka. I'd only just met him. Beautiful, sociable guy. He said, oh, I know you. You you played with some people. And then he started telling me, he said, it was always good working with Barry. He's just a consummate general. This is what I meant. The, the, the research I've done, despite the fact that we've, um, we all diss Barry. No, we don't. No, we don't. Well, he, oh, Daft Punk, <laughs> Daft Punk like him. Yeah, he gets a lot of uh, bad press from people. People sort of think he's too saccharine, too schmaltzy and everything. I have to admit it. This- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This point, yeah. Before I became a DJ, I was a musical snob. I was a real snob about mm. music. Music had to be, um, no. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, very much. Really? It wasn't until well, yeah, I mean, you of all people. people? And, <laughs> I wouldn't call. I, wouldn't. I think he's going to come out as a Nick Cave fan any minute now. But 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 then having to be a DJ and having to actually play songs that people liked <laughs> meant that I <laughs> meant that it's I sort of had to reconsider my view of, of music. And um, as a DJ, of course, your music is like tools in a toolbox. You take out which tool, you know, for your particular time of the night. <laughs> Are you just about to tell us you've done a deal with the devil? <laughs> No, but but I, I think I have now. It's, I feel like I should have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, see, 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 as a DJ, a DJ, or for a DJ, every every song is a nail because a DJ is a hammer. He oh no, I haven't thought about it that way, that but right I will now from now on. <laughs> so, which is why it's made me. Th- it's been good to think about Barry Manilow and to have a rethink about the position because people give Barry a hard time. People do, Rob. I know, I know they do. But in fact, Barry Manilow likes to tell jokes about himself. Have you got one? <laughs> and this is one. This is one of his favourites. Here we go. And um, this is in the We Are the World days. And um, a record, a record company executive goes to the Ethiopian embassy to inform them that a group of pop stars from the West are getting together to make a benefit record for the starving. He reads out the names: Michael Jackson, David Bowie, Bruce Springsteen, Barry Manilow. The Ethiopian official interrupts: Manilow, we're not that hungry. <laughs> So that's Barry Manilow's favourite joke about himself. <laughs> oh dear! So boom, boom. Like Chris uh, and I have been doing a lot of talking, but Rob, it was you that first brought up the topic of Manilow because you are a fanilow. Well, well. Uh, come on, come on! You're on the spot not, now. Not, not sure. <laughs> In 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 my defence, <laughs> no one's attacking you. In my defence, every now and then, I play a couple of Barry tunes. Not many. Which ones? Which ones are your favourite? Odd one. Well, mine's Copa. Mine's the Copa. It's a great song, the Copa. There's great. a new acoustic version of it, and it's beautiful. That's that's interesting. That you should call the new version acoustic. Back when the original one was pre-synthesizer, anyway. Oh yeah, but it was showy. This one's just—it's unplugged, is it? It's unplugged alone. Oh, <laughs> and this all started when I was teasing the boys at work by playing them Jimmy Somerville. Beat that perfect meat, Chris. Beat boy, beat boy, beat that perfect meat boy, beat boy. Is that what he says? No. That's. <laughs> <laughs> How tall is Barry Manilow? He's uh, six foot exactly. Really? He's already on oh, the. Uh, he's already on the slimmingly height register. Is this shirt slimming? We gladly feast on the future to nourish the past. Do you know how um, Barry Manilow's career started? Was he Sorry? a um, like Carol King? Was he part of that scene? No. A young, young, young no. in that. In that uh, no, 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 he wasn't part of that scene. <clears throat> 
Was he, was he a Bette Midler impersonator? Why do you say that? Because I'm reading my notes here. And he, produ- he produced records for Bette. Actually, he produced the first two big ones, didn't he? He, wrote, he produced and uh, musical directed The Divine Miss M. The Divine Seriously? Miss M. That's Seriously. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. But even Get before. But hang on, let's go back. Let's go back before that when he was a mm-hmm. jingle writer. Where he wrote, ah, um, so the, oh, <clears throat> it's real work. He's got a Band Aid ad, which is still on air to this day. I am stuck on Band Aid because Band Aids stick on me. I am stuck on Band Aid, Grand, because Band Aids stuck on me. There was a lot of jingles, but he got originally he was playing piano and musical director for Bette Midler when she was still doing the. Bathhouses? The bathhouses in New York. And if you have a look ah. online, there's a fantastic video. Bette Midler at the Continental Baths concert in 1971 with Barry in the background. Yeah, it's it's wow. great viewing. And then when they went on tour, he insisted that he had to sing as well. And she really, you know, had a hissy fit about it, but realised that she didn't want to get rid of her musical director over this. And so he ended up supporting her as well. I recall Barry Manilow collecting a Grammy Award. He, he picked up a Grammy Award, I don't know, 72 or 73, and I remember the speech, not word for word, but some of it. He got up and he picked up the award for Record of the Year or Artist of the Year or something, and and he said, look, this is great, and thank everybody, but really, the future of music is Billy Joel. Please stand by for an awkward silence. You completely and utterly dropped Yeah, out. you just dropped out then, just sorry. Not, just repeat, just oh, repeat what you just said. Oh, I... I thought I thought you two were flawed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm certainly not perfect. Yeah, F L A W E D. He said he thanked everybody for the award. He thanked the academy. He thanked God. He, he, he thanked everybody, and then he said, "But the future of music is Billy Joel." <laughs> Actually, this is this is another thing I was going to bring up about my musical snobbery. No, but he's got a point there about the musical snobbery. Is everyone? gives the Billy Joel audience a hard time because they're listening to the songs from the 70s over and over again, reliving their youth, and Billy Joel just plays the old music, has never changed from that. And for some reason it seemed to be unacceptable that people actually like and going to see music that they grew up with, if it's Billy Joel. Well, Billy Joel, you know you had a heavy metal band before he became Billy Joel? I do. As you do. Seriously, you know about that, don't you? Have you... I know about that. Have you seen the cover of the album? Yes, I've got a copy of it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) The thing is, the the thing that I found interesting, I I looked it up because it was panned by critics, and I put it on and went, this is freaking great. Was it? it It's hard rock. Yeah, yeah, he's hard rock organ band. And he was in love with, I think... (laughs) Hard organ rock band. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And there was some weird story where... Hard thrusting organ. Look, this is going to be an edit point because I've got to look up this story because that story of that band is so bizarre. Okay, yeah, 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 get that story. Get that story up. Get that story up. White boy. It's a, what was this about? It's a Billy Joel's heavy metal band. What were they called? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, what were they called? That's the hard rock The hard organist. Yeah, the rock. Actually, now I've got to look that up because I've got the story up, but it doesn't say it's something like Avion or something. I think you're right. I think you're right. Let me look it up. No, it's not, I don't think it's at, at a point. At a point. 
Attila. Attila was the band. Attila. <laughs> <laughs> what a band. <laughs> Billy Joel did an album in the 70s. The band was called Attila, uh, with, with tracks on it like Wonder Woman, California Flash, Revenge is Sweet, Amplifier Fire, uh, Rolling Home, Tear the Billy's Castles. Billy's wearing there. fur yeah. in the shot, and they're in a yeah. butcher cool room. Look like Italian Vikings. Part, part-time butcher. So this was in his 20s. He, he fell in love with the, the other... There was two guys in the band, the drummer and Billy. Billy was the singer. And he fell in love with the drummer's wife. And he, it, it was never going to be consummated. So he decided he would drink furniture polish instead of bleach because he thought it might taste better. And it failed. And uh, anyway, when the album came out, the album failed and the romance ended. He's looking for poison in his mother's closet, and he only could, he could find bleach. But he just, and he had the skull and crossbones on it, so he didn't think that was a good idea. So he had a whiff of the he had a whiff of the furniture polish and decided he'd do it that way. He just ended up farting furniture polish for days. <laughs> the All Music Review by Stephen Thomas Erlewine yeah. says Attila undoubtedly is the worst album released in the history of rock and roll. <laughs> But it's not. Oh, come on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. The that's a big call. That's, that's a, pre- a big call. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a pretty big call. I've heard some Nick Cave records. Look, it's because they heard, see, that's retrospective, because they heard all that beautiful stuff that he wrote later on. But, man, the guy's hilarious. And obviously, he was a twisted nutcase in these early 20s. He was a boxer as well. He would have been full of testosterone beyond, beyond what any, any normal man could stand. He was short. <laughs> I haven't looked him up yet. Um, <laughs> no, he is short, yeah. He's, I don't think he's any taller than Elton John. Do you remember uh, Christy Brinkley's next husband? For those who don't remember, Christy Brinkley was married to Billy Joel. She was a supermodel of the time, wasn't she? Yeah, she was a six supermodel. Foot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on a tax return, she listed job as supermodel. <laughs> Ultra model. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was a millionaire uh, businessman in New York, and they broke up because he was addicted to porn. Oh, what? <laughs> totally addicted to porn. Totally. It's been all day and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But but he was married to one of the world's most beautiful women. Is this shirt slimming? Isn't that bizarre? Does my bum look big in this? That's bizarre. Well, this hat sit neatly on my strangely shaped head. Billy Joel is 1.6 metres. 1.6 metres? Was it four foot? That's what it says. He's five foot five. Elton John's about the same. There's a site called Celebrity Heights. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Bob Dylan Sorry. was at a party at Bert Bacharach's, oh, Bert Bacharach's place. Okay, but uh, I just want to go through this because... I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Barry Manilow was at a party great story. at Bert Bacharach's place, and Bob Dylan came up and hugged him. And he said to him, Don't stop what you're doing, man. We're all inspired by you. And, of course, Barry freaked out at this. He thought, he thought that Bob was taking the mickey out of him or was, um, you know, being cynical and so forth. And he, he, he worried about this for three years until he, he went to a Passover party at Carol Bayasaga's place. Bob and Barry started chatting again. And Barry said to Bob, you know, what are you doing? And Bob said, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing another bunch of songs. Whereas Manilow said... Hey, you know, Bob, don't worry about it. You just keep writing those songs. <laughs> and then Bob said to him, No, Barry, it's different for you because you keep doing those concept albums. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Concept. But that's an actual quote. Bob Dylan considers Manilow, and obviously Bob Dylan is a Fanilow as well, uh, considers them concept albums. That's amazing. Incredible. <laughs> that is truly amazing. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on. We have a guest star. Come here. Quickly. Hi. Come here. Hey, Sophie. Night, Sophie. Boys. Hi. I just Good wanted night, to know, what do, what do you think of um, yeah. that uh, Khalifa record? Yeah. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, is oh, that how you Charlie pronounce Puff. it? How do you pronounce it? Yeah, that one. Oh, I like that song. Not Charlie yeah. Puff. I don't know. I think it's Charlie Puth or something. <laughs> like someone someone who's got a lisp and oh, a leaky wound <laughs> and a lot of puff. <laughs> S-O. Hold on, you ready? We're going to do the photo pose, ready? Bye. Bye, good night. Night. Great seeing you again. That's my flatmate. (laughs) Short on rent this week. Yeah, see ya. What was this? Yeah, yeah, we cut you out, don't worry. (laughs) Hold on a minute, hold on. Stop the press. Guess that's all Daryl Hawley. Um, Daryl Hall 511? Close. If you'd said 5.13, you'd be spot on. <laughs> I would never say that, but yeah, go on. Hey, Rob, have we got another Manilow moment coming up? No, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank it up. I'm going to keep it. I'll, I'll... You're going to keep your Man- Manilow moment? You, are we going to end the episode on a cliffhanger? Oh, cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> um, yes. Okay. And, and we could next week merge the conversation about Barry... Actually, we could talk about musicians called Barry. Yeah, yeah. There's only a couple. Oh, Barry Gibb. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Barry White. Barry White. That's ah, right. ah, Barry White. <laughs> Good on you, Chris. I, no worries. From <laughs> now on, we're only going to be covering musicians named Barry, or artists formerly known as Barry. Is anybody called Barry in the Beatles? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Barry Mann. Was he related to Cynthia? Cynthia Wheel and Barry Mann. Did you have yeah. a listen to that podcast yeah. that I sent you, Chris? Uh, Cynthia Mann and Barry Wheel. Rob, you, have to, you have to have a listen to it. I'll send you a link as well. It's, it's fantastic. The story from that interview was about when they were recording um, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, or writing You've Lost That Loving Feeling, Phil Spector. And, and they're playing it for um, the Righteous Brothers to say, here, this is going to be a great song, this is going to be a hit. Bill Medley thought it was okay, but Bobby Hatfield was saying, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm just doing baby, baby, baby. And Phil Spector said to him, you know what you can do? You can go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Is This Shirt Slimming? Brought to you by the Dapto Foreskin Restoration Clinic. Time to act. Become intact. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.